0: i got to send the signal that the only reason we are able to open today on May 20th is because the people of Connecticut took the social distancing seriously. And the only way we'll be able to have our second round of openings um, in and around June 20th is if we continue to maintain our discipline.
1: This is a special edition of Steady Habits. I'm John Dankosky. May 20th was a day that a lot of people in Connecticut were looking forward to, and a lot of other people were pretty scared about. It marked phase one of a multi-stage reopening of the state's economy. Now, our podcast is looking at this tension in a series called Reopening Connecticut, and we got a chance to talk with Governor Ned Lamont about what he saw on day one We actually talked on the end of May 20th and looked ahead to the next phases of his plan, at some of the benchmarks the state needs to hit while testing for coronavirus, and whether this whole state solution might need to be adjusted as we continue to see some parts of our small state hit harder than others with the virus. Now, Lamont had a couple of pretty rough news stories come out this week. First, barbershops and salons, which were scheduled to open yesterday, had their opening pushed out to June 1st. That's something that made a lot of hairdressers happy and had others openly defying the order and just opening up shop anyway. I also had to ask him about the disillusion of the public-private education partnership with hedge fund mogul Ray Dalio's foundation. It's a project that was marred by infighting at the political level and by a lack of transparency, something that had people who do what I do pretty worried about what it might mean. But first, I asked Governor Lamont how he's holding up through all this.
0: I'm feeling pretty good. Um, A, I think um, first year was all politics. This year is all substance. Uh, We're we're really making a difference, I think, uh, where you need state government. When we were confronted with this COVID crisis, um, state government had to get together and rally. And um, I I think we did that. And we got some of the best and the brightest from around the state to chip in as well. And um, we handled the um, so-called surge from COVID, and our hospitals uh, working as one um, managed that, I think, as well as uh, any state I know. And now today is reopening day as we cautiously get back to work.
1: Yeah, so talk about reopening day. We're talking at the very end of the first day where people are kind of gently going back to work. What have you seen? What have you heard around the state?
0: I um, pulled down my window and asked the bus driver uh, what was um different today, and he said a lot busier. And uh, I think uh, you're going to see things ramping up uh, cautiously. I know that restaurants were pretty busy. Uh, you know, in, in Georgia, when they opened up, they maybe opened up a little early and people were pretty cautious about going back. If I had an instinct, because we haven't, you know, it's just an instinct, is that you're finding people are um, signing up to go to restaurants outside because they think uh the public health risk has been uh, adequately addressed. And I can tell you, if uh, the restaurants don't uh, handle it appropriately, don't follow the protocols, people will stop coming.
1: So one of the things that I, I've been talking to public health officials about, though, is this this question of wh- when you open things up in a cautious way, as the state has, it does send a message to a lot of people that, well, everything's okay, the, the crisis has passed us. And I'm wondering how concerned you are that people are going to take this reopening and say, "Ah, life's just back to normal. I can ditch the mask, don't really have to worry about gatherings of five people. I can just get back to my old life. Do you have some worries about that?
0: I do have worries about that. I mean, I I look around the rest of the country. I see people are defiant, open in the store. You can't stop me. Um, uh, You know, a lot of activity on the beaches and people um, hanging and, you know, We've been under, you know, we've been staying close to home for about um, eight weeks now. And I think there's a lot of cabin fever there. And I I think that's more of it than the fact that now that we have some retail stores open with a a mask. Um, But you're right. i I got to send the signal that the only reason we are able to open today on May 20th is because the people of Connecticut took the social distancing seriously. And the only way we'll be able to have our second round of openings uh, in and around June 20th is if we continue to maintain our discipline and um, and waiters wear a mask and wear uh, the gloves when they uh, wait tables on you. It's going to be good for the consumers, good for them. And that allows us to go forward uh, to the next phase of reopening.
1: What before I get to that that next phase, what specifically does the state do if you start to see pockets of Connecticut where people aren't paying attention to the rules, or over the course of the next couple of weeks, pockets of Connecticut where the testing numbers or the hospitalization numbers start to go in the wrong direction?
0: Well, um, the first one is uh, we've been able to do things with self policing so far, and uh, and. If stores are not following the safe store protocols. Um, they usually contact the proprietor or the employee says, I don't feel comfortable here. or a customer says, how come your employees aren't wearing a mask? And, uh, if they don't want to do that, they've been calling two one, one. We've gotten that complaint to hotline. And, um, so far that's been pretty good, but I've got some, um, some folks who are maybe, uh, feeling like, um, you know, they're just going to open the store and let the, um, Double beware, and um, and there've been some municipal and uh, state officials that have sort of said, "Hey, I'm, I'm tired of these rules. So you don't have to follow them," and that that's not the right signal. I, I think Connecticut is, is better than that.
1: Well, what was the other part of your question? Well, the the second part of the question is, what if over the course of the next week or two you start to see hospitalization rates, you start to see a spike in cases, if we start heading in the wrong direction in terms of the number of people who are showing up with the virus?
0: Well, we've got some very strict protocols in terms of um, hospitalization, declining metrics, making sure that no more than 20% of the beds are um, ICU or related to uh, COVID. Um, I think, you know, we'd also have to see where the flare-up is. Obviously, if it's a flare-up at a um, a nursing home or a prison, you'd have a different response than if you thought there were a lot of flare-ups due to... um, nail salons opening prematurely so the nature of your response is in part indicated by um, where you think the flare-up might be but we've got pretty um, we've, we've got an action plan and frankly we've asked uh, for example all of our educational institutions um, maybe you prepare to open up this fall but if we tell you not, if we tell you in August that um, it's not safe to have those residence halls I want you to have a backup plan so I think a lot of places have that backup plan.
1: The, the, the worry that I think a lot of businesses have is that if we see a, a flare-up around restaurants or nail salons, that then the state is going to come in and say, okay, we got to shut things down again, because we are trying to do this as a statewide effort. What, what is the contingency for that if you do start to see restaurant, for instance, related illnesses coming back?
0: Uh, well, I'm glad they have that anxiety, because that means they're going to be... Um super careful about opening and masks and uh, all the, uh, the distancing protocols. But you're right. If we found that, um, and frankly, I, I don't like all these hypotheticals because um, we've had a restaurants open for over a month in places like Georgia. We haven't seen these flare-ups, and uh, Georgia opened wider and faster. So, um, But you're right. If we, all of a sudden we could see some site-specific place where flare-ups are happening, uh, we'd deal with it.
1: Let's go to this phase two opening. You're talking about uh, June 20th now, four weeks out from, from this date. You've got a list of, of businesses that are going to start to open. And then a phase three, what it looks like is more businesses that are indoor primarily can start to come back to work. For phase two, Governor, when will the businesses know what exactly to expect. Are, are we going to be hearing about this in more detail a week before June 20th, a couple weeks before June 20th? What are you looking at?
0: No, before May 20th, we gave people, um, I think it was about two weeks notice. And um, in terms of the protocols and the setup and the such, and we found uh, most everybody was able to um, handle that. Um, obviously, uh, the hair salons needed a little more time. Uh, So phase two, if we think that's going to be about June 20th, I'd like to think two weeks from today, we're going to have a pretty good indication of where we stand, whether there were flare-ups, whether there are any spikes, whether we've managed this pretty well. And in the meantime, we're talking to hotels and gyms and um, nail salons and uh, thinking about what those protocols are going to be. So people would have, I think, another two weeks' notice.
1: How do you think we're doing as far as ramping up testing? Obviously, we're starting to hit the marks and that's why things are are opening up. Do you think that we're going to be able to continue to both increase uh, the contact tracing and the testing throughout the course of this next month in in a way that's not just adequate, but actually maybe getting a little bit ahead of what, what your goals were?
0: I think so. We're ahead of what our goals were uh, right now. We said 42,000 uh, tests a week and we, we've surpassed that. We've got um, great relationships with the labs. Uh, uh, We've nurtured those on a personal basis uh, rather than sitting around waiting for the federal government to uh, figure it out for us. Uh, uh, We're expanding our um, test collections. Uh, CBS has opened up um, 12 sites around the state. They're going to announce another 12, I think, in the relatively near future. We're taking tests to where the people are. We're taking tests to the vulnerable populations. We're taking tests to... um, Homeless shelters and um, and uh, federally qualified health centers in in North Hartford. Make sure that those populations that are most vulnerable are the first ones to get tested.
1: The the coordination with other states. I know that you you've been working closely with your other governors around the Northeast. It's one of the reasons why you you pushed back the date for hair salons to coincide with what's happening in Rhode Island. What level of coordination can we expect with, say, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, New York over the course of of the next couple months as they begin to reopen on a slightly different time frame than you?
0: Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, when we began to close down the service economy, frankly, it was already closing down by itself, you know, bars, restaurants, um, some of the retail. um, We did that uh, working coordination with all of our governors. We didn't know What COVID was, it might have been like a wildfire. So we figured we ought to do this all together. We're finding as we reopen, it's a slightly different world. Let's face it, um, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Eastern Connecticut were not as hit as hard as um, Fairfield County, Westchester County, and New York City. So um, we're finding um, Rhode Island and Massachusetts are opening up a little faster than, um, you know, New York at this point. So we're trying to figure out what's the right balance there uh, going forward. Uh, so we decided, for example, outdoor dining was a, a nice, uh, nice balance there. Uh, we haven't done anything on a regional basis yet just because we're a relatively small state. But we'll think about that if uh, the circumstances change much.
1: And do you have concerns that Fairfield County is going to be acting and reacting to all this differently than the rest of the state? I know that you're looking for a whole state solution, but but are you paying special attention to what's happening in Fairfield County over the course of the next month? And is there a possibility that we could have some different rules for that part of the state if indeed, you know, it continues to, to be one of the, the harder-hit areas of the whole country?
0: Yeah, we were thinking about that. I mean, let's assume that the infection rate in um, Bronx and parts of Westchester County is much higher than it is in Connecticut. That would probably give you pause if we opened our restaurants in Fairfield County. They didn't open them in um, Westchester, the Bronx, and all of a sudden you have a lot of people you know, driving up to Connecticut. But it's a very different situation in um, Mystic or uh, Pomfret, where um, you're next door to, say, Massachusetts or closer to Rhode Island, where everybody has sort of the same lower level of infection. There, um, so you're much more likely to want to open and open together there because um, uh, there's less risk of transmission back and forth.
1: I know you just have a couple minutes left, and I, maybe we can come back and talk about Phase 2 and, uh, even more as we get closer to, to Phase 2. i got to ask you about this this news this week, though, Governor. What really happened with the Dalio thing? Why did that fall apart?
0: I, I think that um, it fell apart because at the end of the day, There was a pretty complicated personnel issue and um, rather than deal with that um, within the board somebody promptly um, leaked that right to uh, the front page of the Hartford Current and uh, the Dalios thought this was uh, sort of a continuation of um, a sense that the board was not all working together collaboratively and uh, they said uh, perhaps We should step back from the public-private nature of this partnership and uh, and do this on our own. And um, I don't want to discourage anybody from um, working with us, and I certainly uh, don't want to discourage um, people like the Dalio Foundation who are incredibly generous, what it means to our kids. I I needed them especially now, as we've had kids who haven't been in the classroom for uh, close to 90 days. And um, as we were planning on... um, having them go back and have some preschool before the new school year began to help them get up to speed. So, Um, But we're going a different way, Um, and I think they were a little frustrated by the politics of the situation.
1: Yeah, one of the quotes that I read that Barbara Dalio said, she said, I'm not a politician, I never signed up to become one, I only want to help people, which obviously uh, is, is a very important statement, and clearly the Dalios had the best intentions to do this, but they chose to work with politicians to do this. And so I guess, you know, a lot of people would read that and say, if you didn't want to work in a political system, <laughs> why work with a bunch of politicians to do it? Just set up a foundation and go do it yourself.
0: Well, they, they thought, look, uh, they were going to put some money in. We we're going to put some money in. We we're going to raise some money. Uh, our relationship gave them, um, good access to public education so we can make sure the money went to the places most in need. Um, but, and, and that's why we did have, um, all the legislative leaders and myself on that board. But, um, maybe it was you know I, I like the idea I, I I just think a lot of government is is too important just to leave to the public officials. I'd like to attract people from outside government to a way in just like we did with the reopening advisory board as well are, but, are, um, yeah but it it, it got complicated
1: are, are, are you are you starting to rethink though if you're able to do more of those sorts of uh, of partnerships? rethink this idea about the, the public input piece of it? I mean, clearly, some of the folks on the other side of the aisle who maybe didn't love this were also concerned about the transparency aspects of this. Maybe that's one of the reasons why stuff gets leaked to the Hartford Current. I mean, is there a way to, to balance these things and bring people on board to help bring money to the state level and some good ideas, but also act more like a, a public institution that is, that is transparent?
0: Well, first of all, when you say transparent, remember, um, the four public members were all subject to FOIA and every decision we made, we made in public. We had to justify it in public. And, um, so I worked very hard to make sure that, um, you know, a lot of folks, you know, from the private sector weren't used to all these rules. So this is what you got to do to earn the trust every day. And, uh, what I do really worry about, um, is John is that, um, you know, a lot of folks are going to say probably it's just too complicated to work with state government. Maybe I'll, I'll donate to the museum where somebody says thank you. And I know we're a very different situation than that, but um, it's still my goal to um, not leave all of government just to state employees and do what I can to get um, not-for-profits and private and small business and academics to uh, to weigh in where I can. But we've got to find a way that we can do that and fit within the protocols here.
1: But but, but just to be real clear, and I want to understand this because maybe I, I don't understand the inner workings of it, the this personnel decision which led to this disillusion, this personnel decision essentially was done without public input. It wasn't it wasn't done with the input of the the public members of this board. And and that's exactly the sort of thing that people were worried about, right? That that the the private part of the public-private partnership would make decisions on their own and that seems like it's exactly what happened
0: oh i don't think so um look it's an unfortunate personnel situation you know personnel situations are always um uh, off the record or done with um executive privilege i contacted a legislative leaders as soon as i heard about it i said i think we've got a problem here and um we're going to try and um have a board meeting very soon so we can uh, be fully briefed on the specifics. I myself don't even know the exact specifics of uh, what's happened here. And um, before we could do that, a um, uh, letter was leaked to the press, and the rest is history.
1: Last question. Who's cutting your hair these days?
0: I have a lot of help from my friend Annie Lamont, but I'm looking forward <laughs> to the Barber's reopening.
1: <laughs> I'm looking forward to it, too, man. I'm. I'm, I'm my wife's trying very hard, but it's, it's, it's hard— <laughs> it's hard work
0: <laughs> you're looking nine days to go hang in there
1: nine days nine days to go and 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 you think that it's going to happen in nine days right then no more no more pushing that back you don't think
0: no i had to tell the um stylist and swan folks look i understand um why you think you need a little bit more time and uh we we can do that but um june 1st is the day
1: okay sounds good we'll, we'll all line up and get haircuts on june 1st governor lamont always good to speak with you uh, stay safe and we'll, we'll talk to you again before phase
0: two opens okay Look forward to seeing you in person next time, John. Thanks. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Bye bye.
1: That's it for this special edition of Steady Habits. Next week, our series, Reopening Connecticut, continues. Please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't. It's steadyhabits.org or anywhere you get your podcasts. Listen into episode one if you haven't yet. I talk with two public health professionals, one from Yale, one from Harvard. We have some different ideas about where Connecticut is as far as being ready to open back up. Thanks to Bruce Potterman and to Kyle Constable. I'm John Dankosky, and we'll see you soon.